Hi there, and welcome to the very first episode of the On The Clock Podcast. My name is Reese Decker, and I'm going to be your host. On this show, we're going to talk about a multitude of things regarding the National Football League, really anything from what does it take to build an organization from a scout's perspective, from a general manager's perspective, what are they doing, what do they need to be doing to build a successful organization. We're going to talk about games, who might win, who's got the edge. We're going to talk about rosters, what's going, who needs what. Uh, we're going to talk about transactions. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about free agency. Anything involving football, we're going to dig into. I'm excited to have you guys along for this journey, and let's get started. We're going to start today's episode off talking about Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback from Alabama. Um, most importantly, he controls the entire outcome of this draft because we know Burrow is going one. We're projecting Chase Young two, Okuda three, a tackle to the Giants at four, and then you got the Dolphins and the Chargers who have potential to move up with one of the Giants or the Lions picks, which we'll get into all that later. But really, you know, Tua could be taking a, the, the top four, top five, top six, or it could potentially fall out of the first round. And, and all of that is because of his injury history. But we're going to start talking about him as a football player first and as a prospect because that's what this is all about. He is potentially the best quarterback in this draft if you discount the injuries. Now, if he was healthy, we could be talking about Tua potentially going one to the Dol- or to the, to the Bengals because – he is that good of a football player. He is very natural at the position. He has very good feet. He's got a very quick release. Uh, and a lot of the scouting people are saying quick twitch. What does that mean? It means he's really fast in, in all of his body. He's really quick. He's able to get the ball out fast. And he's not just able to get it out fast. He's able to get it out fast with power and with accuracy. His, his ball placement is really incredible. There, his arm strength is there. Um He's got a very good lower body as far as build and his mobility. Um, he's got it all from a quarterback perspective. So why are we talking about him potentially falling out of the top 10? And maybe, you know, there are some rumors that he might fall out of the first round. I think that's a little extreme um, just because of how good of a football player he is. Um, but what's causing everything, what, what, what's causing him to, to fall? What, what's causing him to maybe slip? Pretty far. Well, he had a broken finger slash wrist uh, in 2018 during spring ball, which he had surgery on, got it fixed, and then apparently he hurt that again. Um, he's got a, he had two high ankle sprains, one on his left, one on his right ankle. Both required tightrope surgery, um, and then obviously this year he dislocated his hip uh, with with a posterior wall posterior wall fracture, which he had surgery on. Um, now, he, he posted a video of him working out with Trent Dilfer at his, as, as a virtual pro day and sent that to teams, and he was looking very good. He looked 100%. Uh, as far as mobility-wise, he didn't look hindered at all. Like, if you had told me, if you told me the clip and I knew nothing about him before, I'd tell you he looked perfectly healthy. Um, Dilfer says he's perfectly healthy. His, his surgeon has sent a memo to teams saying, hey, he is He's good to go. He's cleared to play football. So if, if all of that's happening, why is he not, you know, why, why is no one willing to, why, why is he potentially falling out of the first round? Well, first of all, it's a big financial investment. I mean, if, if you're looking 
to take him, you know, let, let's say, you know, let's say it's the Dolphins that take him at number five. That's $31 million you're committing to, to attack of Iloa, whether or not he plays. I mean, that's, that's a serious issue right there. Like if, if he never plays, you just wasted $31 million. You wasted an elite pick in the draft. So teams are not sure. Uh, according to Michael Lombardi, one team has already failed him as a physical now. I'm assuming that that medical examination happened at the combine or happened as a, as a visit prior to um, uh, the stay-at-home orders because of the coronavirus. So I, I know the Dolphins were rushing really hard to get him in. I don't know if they actually did, but if they did, he would, that's probably the team that failed him. So uh, keep that in mind as, as we talk about the number five pick later. The Dolphins are most definitely taking a quarterback with their first pick unless someone moves up and takes their guy before uh, you know, that'll be mass cast. We'll talk about all those scenarios here in a little bit, but I mean, that's, that's a serious investment, you know, $31 million there. And if they trade up, let's say they trade up with Detroit number three, that's $34 million. They're giving to Tua. Uh, if it's number four to the giant, if they move up to number four spot from the giants, that'd be $33 million. They're committing to him. So, I mean, the financial investment is huge. So obviously, um, these teams are going to do their due diligence as much as they can, but because of the coronavirus and the, the fact that they can only do FaceTime visits, these these prospects are not being sent to uh, their medical teams, and that is going to be a major impact in this draft. So let's say this was last year, Tua could still potentially go top five if everybody's medical teams have checked him. They're like, hey, you know, even if half the teams say, hey, I mean, he's good to go, let, let's do it. That's 16 teams willing to take him in the first round. Now you have I mean, one team's failed them. So let's say if there's 31 teams right now that, hey, we have no idea whether this guy's going to be able to stay healthy or not. We don't we don't know if he's healthy right now. So, you know, potentially in a, he could be a lock to be a top five pick in a, in a normal draft. Obviously, this is not going to be a normal draft. These are not normal circumstances. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen. So. Potentially, we, we can assume that the, the Dolphins might go on with Justin Herbert because uh, they know more about him. They know he's at least healthy, if anything. But what are the possible landing spots for, for Tua Tagovailoa anyways? Obviously, we have the Dolphins. They're sitting at number five. They, they're going to take a quarterback, most likely, with their first pick. The Chargers are sitting at number six. They're the next most likely candidate to take him. Uh, we're kind of right now assuming that the Dolphins, whatever quarterback, they don't take. The Chargers are going to take. So... Tua could potentially go there. The Jaguars uh, trading away Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. That leaves kind of an opening if they want to let Tua sit behind Gardner Minshew for a year. I mean, that's going to be a pretty solid quarterback room, uh, and you're banking on one of those two being your franchise quarterback. So that'd be an interesting spot. The Raiders, the fact that they have Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr is, is absolutely fascinating to me. I think that's a really intriguing landing spot. He would not have to dress at all his rookie season. He could get whatever procedures he needs done, get his body right, get with the therapy. Um, that'd be a really good place for him, especially since Marcus Mariota, he was his mentor in high school. They went to the same high school in Hawaii. That'd be a really fascinating landing spot. And, and I think that would be one that he could develop in. Obviously, the issue would be he's that would be a very crowded quarterback room. But, I mean, he'd be a quarterback on a rookie deal. 
So I, th- I think that's an intriguing landing spot for him. So that would be the Raiders at 12. The Dolphins would be again there at 18. If you were to slide that far, the Dolphins could get uh, – if, if the Dolphins know enough, and let's say they, they didn't fail him as a physical, because we don't know which team did fail him. Um, if, they, if they went and got, you know, a, a really solid offensive tackle there with their first pick, they could go with, with two of their at 18, so that's an intriguing spot. Then the Raiders are back on the clock again at 19, so if he's still there, that's another intriguing option. Um, Jacksonville then again at 20, so we're getting some repeat teams, but now but the most intriguing one, the one that most of us probably do not want to happen is the Patriots there at 23. Obviously, with Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, Garrett Stidham's the only quarterback in the room. If Tua's there, I really don't think he would get past 23. But let's say um, they, they want to move on with, with Jared, or maybe they bring in Cameron Jameis Winston later in free agency. That'd be interesting. Now, the Saints are sitting there at 24, obviously, with Drew Brees at the end of his career uh, and Taysom Hill there. That would be a really intriguing landing spot. If they, and most people compare Tua Tagovailoa to Drew Brees. I mean, the the quick tri- twitch, quick release, great accuracy, great arm. I mean, that's an interesting uh, landing spot there. The Dolphins would then be on the clock at 26. The Titans at 29. Uh, obviously, we know they, they re-signed Ryan Tannehill to that massive deal, but, I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, if Tua's your backup quarterback, I think that's a fantastic situation. It wouldn't be too expensive, obviously, on a rookie deal. Um, that's an intriguing landing spot there. The Packers at 30, they're a team that's, uh, they've got Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, at, at the end, kind of in, at the end of his career, winding down, that'd be a really, really interesting spot there. And then if he were to somehow get out of the first round, I don't think it's possible at all that he gets past the Colts at 34. Obviously, the Colts with uh, Andrew Luck retired last year. Philip Rivers is their quarterback this year. Jacoby Brissett's there, I think, an inexpensive. Um, future quarterback, I think that's an awesome uh, landing spot for for him. So obviously, Tua controls the draft. We're, I mean, people could trade up. If they're going to trade up, they're probably going to get a quarterback potentially. Tua, his health really just determines. I mean, if if he's healthy, let's assume that he's healthy. I think he go, it goes Burrow at one to the Bengals, a quarterback to the Dolphins, a quarterback to the to the Chargers, I, and I think that's that's all said and done. So. Obviously, we'll see next Thursday night on the 23rd, and it'll be an exciting time. Now we're going to take a look at the top six picks in the draft and talk about the scenarios, uh, who could go where at each pick. So uh, we'll start with number one with the Bengals. This one's a lock. It's going to be Joe Burrow. He's the best quarterback in the draft. He's really the only the only knock on Joe Burrow is his arm strength. Everything else is everything you could ask for. Uh, when it comes to, to, to Joe Burrow. So number two, we're going to look at the Redskins. Now, um, the Redskins are kind of a, a sleeper out of that pick there. They're um, rumored to potentially be interested in moving out. I really don't think so. Ron Rivera today, if, if wherever we move back to, we believe that we could still get an equivalent player or the compensation is good enough and we feel that whatever we get, we can make up for the value of that player or exceed the value of the player of where we're initially drafting. So, in other terms, wherever they move back to, they need to be able to get enough compensation where they can make up for not getting Chase Young or get something better than getting Chase Young. And they don't necessarily seem to think that they can do that. I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. So uh, they're going to take Chase Young at number two. They're not going to move out. So um, widely viewed, the draft starts at number three here with the Detroit Lions. Now, 
Um, could they potentially take a quarterback here? Some people have, have mocked them taking Tua or taking Justin Herbert. Uh, honestly, they're, they're in a win-now situation. Matt Patricia is sitting there. He's 9-22-1 as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. They don't have time to sit there and and draft a quarterback and, and let him develop. You know, whatever they draft quarterback, if they were to draft a quarterback, they're number three. I mean, they're drafting for the next coaching staff and the next general manager. Bob Quinn needs to do something to, to help the Lions be a competitive team there in a really competitive division. I mean, the, the Bears have a really good roster. The Vikings, they're a very good team. They're a playoff team from last year. Then you got the Packers, you know, playing in the NFC Championship last year. They got smoked in the championship game, but I mean, they're they're still really a good team, and Aaron, any team that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of is going to be a very good team. They need to compete in their division. And when you look at it, you've got a high flying offense in, in in Minnesota. You've got you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. You need to go on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so that's going to leave them Isaiah Simmons or Jeff Okuda. Now, you're thinking they just lost Darius Slay, an All Pro corner. Some would regard him as maybe one of the best corners in the league. That leaves a pretty big gap there on, on the outside to, to replace. And Jeff Okuda is the best corner in this draft. Uh, but you got to remember that one of the best players and, and a lot of teams value versatility. And Isaiah Simmons is sitting there. He's a linebacker from, from Clemson. Uh, he was a, a hurdler in high school. He, he's an incredible athlete. He's very versatile. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. Um, they'd be able to move him around. So, obviously, he's got to be considered their number three. But I think you've got to go Jeff Okuda. He's the best corner in the draft. You know, you, you're going to be playing against Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, um, and Allen Robinson twice a year. you got to get somebody that can lock him down. And uh, he's going to be able to do it for a lot cheaper than Darius Slay was. He's going to save him $4 million against the cap there at the corner position. You're going to be able to get linebackers later in the draft. Corners are probably going to fly off the shelf here later in the first round. So you've got to get Okuda when you can. He's the, he's the best corner in the draft. Uh, so now let's jump to the Giants, sitting at number four. Um, Isaiah Simmons makes a lot of sense, but they just got their franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones last year. What's what's the number one thing a quarterback needs? It's, it's not wide receivers. They need protection. They need to be able to have some time to read the defense, to make a play. Um, and they're going to go with I, – I fully believe that they're going to go with one of the tackles here. Um, it sounds like Gettleman is in love with Jedrick Wills. They could potentially take Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wirfs, but I'm going to give them Jedrick Wills here. Um, so now we're going to jump to the Dolphins. They're sitting there at number five. They're going to take a quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa is the best quarterback on the board. But I'm thinking his injuries, what what I'm hearing is his injuries are, I mean, teams are really just uncertain about him. And this whole coronavirus thing, we, we talked about it before. I mean, I, I really expect that he's going to fall in the draft because of the, the injuries. And people don't know what they're getting because they can't look at him. So I'm going to give the Dolphins Justin Herbert. He's... He's a he's a stud at quarterback, and I mean the only thing knocking him right now is his accuracy and his introvertedness, and, and they seem to believe that they they would be able to fix that. I mean that's coachable stuff. Um, his teammates regard him as an as an incredible teammate, and he's a, he's a leader, just not vocally. And I don't expect that to hurt him too much. I think Herbert's going to go number five here um, to the Dolphins, so that sends us to the Chargers, sitting there number six. Um, this is this is an interesting situation. Now, obviously, Tua is, is basically being handed to them here at number six. If, if we're not seeing any trades, Tua is sitting there, number six. The Chargers are on the board here. They've got Tyrod Taylor, and and they, I they're 
buying into Tyrod Taylor. They believe that he's going to be their quarterback this year and, and potentially in the future. Now, people have said that about Tyrod before. The Bills have said that. The, the Browns have said that. He's had their opportunity. They've drafted a quarterback behind, and he's pushed out of his, his, his spot too early. So it's, it's really interesting, but... I don't think they're going to take two here. I really don't. I, I think the injuries, the uncertainty about them, you know, nobody really knows what they're going to get. And like I said, I mean, if they're sitting there at number six right now, you're offering Tua Tagovailoa $27 million to be your starting quarterback. If And you don't know if he's going to be healthy. So Isaiah Simmons is still sitting here on the board, and he is an incredible leader versatile player he can play linebacker he can play safety he can be a great pass rusher um many scouts are regarding him as the best pass rusher in this draft and honestly Isaiah Simmons is a guy that can do everything when you're playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year when you're going to play a guy like Drew Locke who had a pretty good end of the season last year uh twice a year you're gonna play Derek Carr twice a year I mean that that Raiders offense is going to be a lot better than people expected this year the Chiefs have the best offense in football and the Broncos were no slouch at the end of the season last year. So you got to play that twice a year. Get a guy that you can pair up with Melvin Ingram and Derwin James. That That's going to be a really talented defense, not to mention Nick Bosa coming at him. So if you have Nick Bosa and Isaiah Simmons come at you on two sides, I mean, that's going to really force the, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and the other AFC West opponents to play left-handed. I think Isaiah Simmons makes a lot of sense here. And, and I think that's going to be too uh, too. Too hard to pass up when you're, you know, that the quarterback that you, you could take has a lot of uncertainty. I think it's a little early to guarantee $27 million to a guy that you don't know if he's going to be able to take a hit here in the NFL. And because of that, I'm going to give them Isaiah Simmons here at number six. Two is a real possibility, but I think Isaiah Simmons is the way. Um, he's a surefire pick. He's going to be able to make an immediate impact on that defense, and they're going to be able to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year with Isaiah Simmons on one side flying all over the field. And they're going to have Joey Bosa on the other side, teamed up with Derwin James and Melvin Ingram. That That's a real solid defense, uh, at least a solid core to the defense. And I think that's a real possibility. Thank you very much for tuning into the very first episode of the On The Clock podcast. Tune in to the very next episode, and we will cover the picks 7 through 14 in the NFL Draft.